The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. You know how Finn never gets to tell Ray that one thing he wants to tell her? Or how Han Solo can give Leia a sarcastic quip but never really open up to her? Well, you don't have to be rebel scum or the captain of the Millennium Falcon to experience the kind of rich relationships and life that we all long for. I'm Mark Went, and I'm a men's wisdom coach. After people work with me, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com, M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T coaching.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the dashing duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And we're being joined this week. Uh, he's probably one of the top influencers on YouTube, especially when it comes to foam flinging, I, I guess is one way to put it. Be it Nerf, be it D-Dart, be it Dart Zone, be it uh, Adventure. Don't forget about that Busby. Busby. Of course, there was the old... Uh, um, well, Busby makes the Adventure line. Uh, Adventure Force is actually done by Adventure. Walmart. They sell three different brands under Adventure Force. That would be Zuru, Busby, and Dart Zone. Ah, Zuru, Reno, well. Um, and then there was... Uh, well, I'll get into the next the one I'm missing that doesn't exist anymore. We'll get to that during the show. But the voice you just heard is Cameron, also known as Walcom. S7 on YouTube. Yep. We're just going to call him Walcom. Uh, keep him by his code name <laughs> or, or tag name. Um, how's everyone doing? I'm doing I, great. I, Thank I, you very much for asking. It's wonderful to be here right now. I don't know how many people out there actually know who I am, but yes, I am Walcom S7. That will hopefully change. Maybe we'll bring you some more people. Ooh. 
So we'll have to see. Uh, Derek, how are you doing? I'm alive. Okay. You just sounded a little quiet over on your side. I know the story. I've been trying to get through the Snyder Cut because (laughs) I'm supposed to be doing a a podcast where we're going to talk about it tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it's four hours. It's hard to find four hours to to do anything. Uh, Enemas are faster than that. (laughs) Um, so like I said, uh, uh, no comment. <laughs> um, I, I've been following Walcom. Uh, I follow or and I've been watching his videos for a while. Uh, been watching coop, uh, seven, seven, two, seven, 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 two, seven, seven, two, uh, Drac. Uh, those have been the main three. Uh, and then I've seen some of the others that you have suggested, um, and what these, like I said, if it flings foam, these guys talk about it. And I really love the stuff Walcom does. And I have actually made some purchases because of what Walcom has, has reviewed. And I have, and I have actually swayed a parent away from getting something for their kid because of his reviews. So how how did you get involved in uh, one starting a YouTube channel doing reviews on foam flinging products or foam foam blast? Well, yeah, foam blasters. We could call it. I got into Nerf during college, which I think happens to a lot of people, usually because of the game called HVZ, where there's a team of humans that are trying to survive an entire week on a college campus and they use foam darts to defend themselves. And when I moved to Boise, Idaho, I was buying up Nerf blasters because I wanted to modify them into cool things. And there was actually an arena that specialized just in Nerf products called Dart Wars. And I was building a bunch of stuff for Dart Wars to try to compete and do better than the people who, like, literally were there all the time. And during all of this, there was a lot of reviewers out there like Drac and so forth that were not kind in reviewing some of the blasters that I was particularly fond of for what I feel was were valid niche reasons. And I got a little bit tired of it after a while. So, like, one of the first videos I put on my channel, Nerf-related, was why does everybody hate the the Nerf Vortex Diatron? And from there, I just, like, I was building all this interesting, cool stuff and sharing it on Reddit, so I might as well do videos on it. And since I obviously had a unique take on what these blasters were capable of doing in a competitive scenario, I decided to start doing reviews on those as well as I got the blasters, and it just kind of built up from there. Okay. Very cool. Well, we, for me, I think a lot of it started, uh, was last, last fall when, uh, we got hooked up with Zuru with X shots. Yep. And, uh, see Derek, you got what the meteor, the orbit, and a couple crushers. Yeah. You, you didn't get, uh, the turbo fury. Did you? Ooh. Uh, I don't remember offhand now. Okay. And, I don't have them near me to check. <laughs> Whereas my household with my daughter and I, we got a meteor, we got an orbit, we got two crushers, and we got two of the um, turbo furies. I, if I remember 
my turbo right. The Fury is the one. It's close enough. They have so many names that well, use I know, turbo. I know they have the turbo fire and turbo advance are the two that come to my mind. Uh, maybe it's the turbo fire I'm thinking of. The turbo fire's got the twenty round drum with holds, the slam fire and the long barrel. Yeah, and it holds the eight spares on the inner ring. Yeah, I love that thing. That's my daughter's favorite. It's uh, so comfy. She she asked me. She goes, "Daddy, I'll trade you my crusher." For your fear, your turbo fire. I'm like, okay, cool. Because I, I like the, I like the crusher. Oh, that's a beautiful. For I think like twenty five dollars, that blaster really breaks my yeah. perceptions of what foam dart blasters are capable of. Because that is a Springer Slamfire chain gun, one of the only ones in the entire ecosystem that looks as awesome as it does for such a low price. And to me, a uh, friend of ours, uh, their kids have the Nerf uh, Titan. <laughs> and the Crusher outperforms the Titan. Yes, very which, much so, unfortunately. Which th- my my only thing with the Crusher is I want more I want more clips. I want I want belts. I want belt pieces. They do sell them on Amazon separately. Really? At least they used to. They used to. I it's been a little while. And there's also a separate version of the Crusher that is cosmetically different, but otherwise functionally identical, called the Omega. And it's in red and black, I believe. And it has a different grip on it. And the overall silhouette is slightly different, but it is the same blaster functionally. Okay. So what... See, now this brings me in. How did you decide this is what I really want to get into and really... And if I'm going to become an influencer, this is what I want to be an influencer with. It honestly just kind of happened. I've always been a pretty geeky, nerdy person, and it just sort of clicked. I, I worked at a phone store before this. I was the manager of a couple of Boost Mobile stores, and everybody kept telling me how good my voice was. I should be on radio and so forth. And when I started actually producing voiced YouTube content, a lot of other people kind of felt the same way. Not that I agree with them in any sense of the imagination, but that might have something to do with why I kept doing it because people kept saying, I like your voice. I like your enthusiasm and so forth. And it's really easy for me to typically remember hundreds and hundreds of Nerf blasters and their internals and what they do and everything like that. Because if I can remember, you know, 800 something Pokemon, I mean, I should be able to do something as simple as that. Pokemon's a whole other issue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, I guess I'll knock this question out of the way early. I, is there a lot of competition amongst you guys on YouTube? Because I've heard some people give give Frank a little bit of grief on things. Um, and, and it's like all of a sudden people are jumping on Frank. Uh, and then there are a few times I've heard people say, you know, that they're jumping all over Drac on stuff. Um, funny thing is, and I'm sure this is probably a great thing. I've never heard anyone jump on you about anything. Um, so, I mean, is there a competition or because to me, it's, all y'all's all y'all's videos is great resources. There is a there is a smaller community that I think has had some growing pains over the last couple of years, especially I'd say like the last five years where the hobby hasn't really grown as much as it should. This pretty much the same influencers that were here back in like, let's say 2015 are the same influencers you would see now that hasn't really changed 
all that much, despite the fact that Nerf itself is such a huge brand. I mean, Nerf made up like $480 million, like gross like profit of last year in 2020 during a global pandemic, which was insane to me. Obviously, Lego would be the first one, but Nerf still topped out up there. And yet our actual hobby, if you count like Reddit and Facebook and all these places, is so small compared to what it actually should be. Obviously, from Coop does more reviews now of just actual stock Nerf products and looks at them from a competitive standpoint, and Drac and I both kind of mix up the modding aftermarket performance competitive stuff with also stock blasters and reviews on those. And we all three kind of look at it both from like, yeah, it's a toy, and we have this weird problem where we're trying to, we're looking at it as a competitive blaster, but we're, they're also still toys. And some people don't really get the difference between like why an adult would play with a foam dart blaster, like what is actually going on. But there are foam dart blasters that will put a foam dart through drywall. I mean, that's <laughs> basically paintball at that point. So it's basically, we, we look at it from an alternative to airsoft and paintball, basically just a different version of it, which has the benefit of using store-bought stock products that generally can be modified to do different things. And that's something, modification is obviously something that I'm very passionate about with this hobby. It's an amazing creative outlet. It's like building like a model car or model Gundam. And instead of just spending all the time shaping it and putting it on a shelf and admiring it, well, then you could take it to your local Nerf War and shoot people with it. And all of its pros and cons are all something that you will learn. And like when it does good, you're super excited about it and you feel proud about it. When it does stuff wrong, you can take it back and work on it and fix it and change all these issues and build it up into your own unique thing that virtually nobody else will have. And as a content influencer, we try to say like, hey, I built this thing and other people are like, I want that thing. I'm going to build it too and so forth. And since there is kind of a small ecosystem for that, we do share a lot of the same uh, people in the hobby, same kind of viewership. A lot of the viewership, like my recommendeds come from Drak and Coop and so forth. And that does lead to the vocal minority, I would say, that are just not happy with anybody or anything. And they kind of divide themselves into camps right. and everybody's going to have, every hobby is going to have a small camp of toxic people. And that's just kind of how it goes. But okay. it's awesome either way. Like it's, it's, we're, we're so passionate, like, you know, just the three that you mentioned and all my friends and everything like that, that we really don't let it get to us. Right. Uh, I know there's another one. I want to say ordinary, ordinary foam. Sound right? Ordinary. Uh, American foam? Maybe American foam, which I got from you. Uh, that is, uh, he's uh, he's more of a recent actual. When I when I was talking about there isn't too many big influencers, he's actually more of a recent one, and his video quality is excellent. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. There might be an ordinary foam, and I'm just drawing a blank right now. And if there is an ordinary foam, I apologize profusely to you. But I, I know I'm thinking I may be mixing it up with uh, a group called Ordinary Ventures, which is uh, a Disney. They're Disney video people. Uh, Derek, you got anything for Walcom? Before it seems like I'm the one dominating this interview. Mm, not at the moment. No. Okay. Is it? I'm just. Uh, I'm just taking it all in. <laughs> is it wrong to have a foam blaster with one in the chamber sitting by my desk in case my daughter ever tries to do a do a, a surprise attack on me? Is it a Springer blaster? Let me. Oh, it is the absolutely beautiful Star Wars Stormtrooper Deluxe Blaster 
chambered in rival. Oh God, I sound so bad right now. I think I think I have one. Well, uh, to put it bluntly, uh, typically you don't want to leave your nerf blasters with uh, like especially springers. Now, flywheelers doesn't matter too much except for the magazines, but you typically don't want to leave a dart inside of a blaster for a couple of reasons. For one, you'll weaken the magazine springs. For two, if the blaster has any kind of smart AR system, like the rough cut shotgun where you load like eight darts in the front of it and it shoots two at a time, or, you know, systems like that, the, the darts actually make a seal to build up air pressure by deforming and tightening in the barrel. And if they're left in there, they'll conform to that inner barrel and they'll lose velocity and the darts don't really go back to shape very easily. So typically you don't want to, but flywheel blasters for the most part are excellent to have on hand because they use flywheels. So you can just leave them there and they don't worry about the dart deforming or anything like that. Gotcha. Well, new knowledge. I have unchambered my ramp. There you go. I mean, Rival's pretty good at being resilient, so it's, it's probably just fine. It also depends on if you're leaving it for months. But if you're talking like actual firearms where you can leave a magazine loaded for a long period of time and generally no issues whatsoever, Nerf springs and foam generally aren't that robust to be left ready to go at any time. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, for a while I had my Orbit, which I love. Oh, yeah. I love the, the tactical shotgun vibe with it. Looks like a KSG. Yeah. And, and that's probably my go-to blaster. This one I keep, you know, by the, you know, by my desk in case I need it. Uh, but I, I don't use it because I, I'm being a Star Wars fan. It's a nice piece to have to go. Yep. Yeah, that's my Nerf blaster. My only complaint about it is the, the back stock is so bulky. It's hard to get a comfortable wrap around or have it sit over the top of the arm. Uh, You'll find that issue very often with Nerf products, unfortunately. But the Orbit? Oh. Um, Now, since we're talking Nerf, there's been... I noticed a lot of you guys talking during last year, 2020, that Nerf seems to be out of touch with the consumer and with its competition, and that the product is just not where it should be. Um. And I will say, because of y'all's conversation, uh, different videos, I swayed a family from getting their son a Nerf Elite 2.0, I'm not sure which blaster, and talked him into getting a D-Dart system. Oh, man, that D-Dart Tempest is so good. I can't wait for the stuff they have coming out. Apparently oh, this year as well. I don't know if you saw that. They have some cool yeah, stuff coming. I would, I would, I'm wanting to see their rival round set up. What, 80 what rounds that in that thing? Yeah, yeah, something oh. crazy like that. It uses like little tube magazines and stuff. Yeah. And the, the blizzard with that uh double, it's like the individual double small magazines that go around. Oh, they, they, like, yeah. oh, the D-Dart is so cool. Like if you've never experienced a blaster, a D-Dart is an excellent start. Especially when like even stock, you can rev it up and just grab the cylinder and twist it and empty that entire cylinder firing like 20, 30 darts in a second. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Are you familiar with the D-Dart, Derek? Not at all, no. <laughs> this thing is beautiful. Uh, I actually got a a um, preview sample from D-Dart, which is awesome. It's, it's the Tempest. Imagine holding a joystick in your hand, which basically is what it is. It's an old gamer joystick, flight, like a flight stick, with 27 darts in a circle around your wrist. 
You remember Mouse's shotguns oh, from before, The Matrix? Yeah. yeah. That's what it reminds yeah. me of. I've seen that before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a flywheel motorized system. I wish the speed was a little faster. That's why the Tempest Pro coming out. Oh, I know. And that one I will be dropping. I probably will be dropping the money on. Um, but this thing's gorgeous. And, and it's so easy to carry around. Now, mind you, there's no place to, to put a, a lanyard or a strap on to sling over your shoulder. You're carrying it. But if you're doing a, one or two guns, this is all I'm going to carry and nothing else. That's the way to go. Um, so I guess going back to my original question before telling the story, what's the deal? What What is the community's reaction with what's happening with Nerf and what are you seeing Hasbro do about it? So it's important to remember that while we do as a community of modders, like our ecosystem, we do feel that we're obviously important to some degree in Hasbro's eyes. We're probably just a meme to them. We are definitely not their market, but that doesn't really excuse them so much for cutting as many corners as they did. Starting with the nerf uh, alpha strike line, which was their buzzer budget answer to things like Zuru and advent the adventure force line as a whole. They started out producing really cheap blasters, I say that even though like stuff that Zuru had was not only the same price or slightly cheaper, but was still a better deal in every single possible way, including durability construction wise. And then they moved on to Elite 2.0, which got a lot of us buzzing because a Nerf Elite was like the birth of everything for us. That started yes. in 2011, 2012. Nerf Elite, like everybody, when they think of Nerf Blasters right now, they think of iconic things like the Maverick, the big old yellow and black cylinder revolver that virtually everybody has had their hands on at some point, but it didn't fire that well and you couldn't really modify it to shoot all that well. But when a Nerf Elite came out, it doubled or even tripled the distance of blasters like that it really did bring a sense of competition is now actually viable in this ecosystem and that was only further developed by things like rival and all of these other companies that are jumping on these trains and producing blasters with higher and higher performance margins we uh, we own two uh was it disruptors yeah which i really i really like those uh, rattling off six shots off your hip with that thing before the first start even hits yeah. the ground is one of the best experiences in this hobby. And, and I was, and that was the first, that was the first one that I I discovered you could slam fire easily. And and they don't advertise that one as a slam fire pistol, and it slam fires brilliantly provided you got the right dart in it. Yeah, you have to have fresh darts or else it just won't cycle properly. And elite darts go fre- go stale after like the third usage. Yeah, that's another thing that the competition right now is absolutely kicking Hasbro's butt on. And in the grand scheme of things, like we obviously realize like Zuru and Dart Force or Dart Zone and Busby are all making, in many of our opinions, superior products at a better value, but they still don't hold a candle of the market share compared to what Hasbro and Nerf is capable right. of. But recently they started doing, they started with the adventure, the Alpha Strike line, which we were, you know, it's a budget option. We'll give it a, uh, we'll give it a break. Then they came out with Elite 2.0, which we were super excited about. It was a big deal. And then it turns out to basically just be a rebrand of the whole Alpha Strike idea as 
basically cutting every corner that Hasbro possibly could. Thinner plastic, less screws. They're basically clipping and gluing the blasters together. Instead of using springs for the trigger return and catches and so forth in the blasters, they're using pieces of plastic that are under tension that in a couple of years are going to start to break down and break off and the entire blasters are going to be unfunctional. I've actually gotten product samples directly from Hasbro themselves that were broken in various ways because of this, not to mention the infamous video I did last summer on the Nerf Elite 2.0 Warden, where I bought one of those blasters, and before I even got to fire a dart out of it, it broke on me, and a piece of plastic fell off. That was the that was it. And I had to go to my local Walmart, which thankfully stocked the blaster earlier, and pick another one up, which out of the box, even though I was being as careful as possible, the slam fire did not work. And then that one also proceeded to lock up and break and become unfunctional. And Hasbro actually reached out to me to get that sample, which I never heard anything back. I just sent it out to them. But the entirety of Elite 2.0 was blasters like that. And when you spend $20 on a like a toy, that's not an insignificant amount of money, and you expect it to work. I can spend $20 from Zuru, Busby, Dart Zone all day and get amazing products. My favorite from uh, in the Adventure Force line under Dart Zone is the Adventure Force Villainator. That thing is 40 darts, buttery smooth slam fire, 80, 85 FPS, which is like, you know, 80, 90 feet almost. And it looks like a Thompson submachine gun, like the old Tommy gun, the Chicago typewriter and all that kind of stuff. It looks amazing. It functions amazing. And it's $20. Nerf put out a Thompson style SMG in the form of the Fortnite drum gun, which was 10 darts, not 40, didn't have slam fire and also had a ridiculously weak rotation mech that multiple reviewers broke just during their testing. That was $30 and worse in every single possible way. Although it did have, of course, the Fortnite logo and looked like the weapon from Fortnite. Right. So, but like they're cutting corners in all of the wrong places. And while maybe not every release from Hasbro has been something important to us as a community that modifies them, we've always had the dozen or so blasters that are good. And in 2020 specifically, we had almost nothing because they also shifted into a new line called Nerf Ultra, which used a new type of dart that had basically DRM built into all the blasters so it wouldn't fire anything besides Nerf Ultra darts. And there are no clones. Like, talking about Nerf darts sucking, you can go buy Adventure Force waffles at a 200-pack at Walmart for 10 bucks, right next to the 30 Nerf Elite darts that are inferior in every way for the same price, which now, is ridiculous. I'm going to say, because of you, I have bought two containers of 200-round waffle tips. I have one that I haven't touched and still sealed, brand new, never last time those darts ever saw errors when they were put in the bucket. <laughs> the other one we took over to uh, a friend's house for a big Nerf war. Um, and, you know, we told, I told the kids when we're done, take what you want. You know, cool. You know, save whatever. And anyone need darts, take, take darts. Best dart ever. Uh, I used those in, in the D dart system because I, I was trying to save the uh, the suction cup darts for when I do the actual review. Those things fly so true, so straight. I love them, and thank you for that recommendation. Uh, I actually go searching for those now, and next time I got a spare 10 bucks, I'm buying another bucket of 200. 
They used to sell 500 dart packs for 20 bucks on walmart.com. I do believe those are out of stock and they never restocked them, although I have not checked in a couple of months. Uh, I, I think they still sell them on – I know they're sold on Amazon. I, I think I've seen them on Amazon because the ones I bought, I bought at Target. Yeah. So I, those are, that's that's also under the Dart Zone brand at Target. It's the same company, which is Primetime Toys. But yeah, yeah. Um, now you, you talked about the Warden. I saw you literally have two f- catastrophic fails. I saw Coop get two catastrophic fails in his, and then I saw I probably watched another only because of the train wreck that is the Warden. I probably watched another eight or 10 videos of other people, you know, kids and adults going, Oh, I saw Walcom. I saw Coop show these. I, I couldn't, you know, it couldn't be, you know, maybe it's just fluke. They just found the. So here we go. We're really, (laughs) it broke. And I haven't even fired one shot. That video has gotten me so much hate from people who don't really understand it either saying like, you're not supposed to hold the trigger when you pump it, which of course that's slam fire. And it says it has slam fire and teaches you how to do it on the box. And people are like, it's not meant for adults. You're too rough with it and so forth, which obviously while that is somewhat true, it yep. should, it's a, it's a premium nerf product for $20. It should be able to handle. I'm going to be ginger with it compared to an eight year old kid who is excited. Search YouTube, you will find kids under the age of twelve who have busted it before you know before they get a full full payload out of it. it and that's just part of Hasbro's. They, they're cutting corners just about everywhere they can, and they're making mad money doing it. That's the that's, worst yeah. thing. And it's really depressing because, like, one of the biggest cornerstones, like, if you want to get a blaster that hasn't been released in the last 10, 15 years, sure, you can go on eBay and pay an arm and a leg for it because that's kind of how it goes, especially if something that was highly desirable at the time. But the cool thing about this hobby is you can go to a thrift store, like a Goodwill here in the U.S., and find all sorts of blasters from the last 30 years of Nerf. And we can modify them and fix whatever's broken because they have screws. You can take them apart. They use springs. They use all sorts of things. And that's kind of where this hobby of modification really came from. But these kinds of blasters like the Warden and most of the Elite 2.0 line, when you actually do get them and, you know, a couple of years from now, those plastic springs and those blasters are going to fail. They're going to break. The blaster is going to be unusable and you can't even open the stupid thing up to fix it without probably breaking more of it. Yeah, I will say you may be impressed with this. My very first blaster that I bought as an adult was a strike fire. That is the uh, are you talking about the little undermounted pistol from the dart tag line? No, this is from Nerf. It's yeah, Nerf. Uh, Nerf Strike Fire. The yeah. only blaster I can think of off the top of my head was a little pistol that had a reverse rail attachment that you could put on the bottom of a blaster. Now, this the this one had a rail on the top of the blaster. Uh, single sh- pullback pistol. Yep, single shot. Fire strike. <laughs> See Fire how strike. this gets okay. so annoying? It's like they have like I, five words that they just put in different <laughs> positions to make a new product. But this is also held. Uh, Four four darts underneath it, underneath the barrel. So fire strike had a little light too, right? No. Okay, so we might Uh, still be talking about the same blaster then. Most people don't know that the the strike fire is called the strike fire because it doesn't say anywhere on the blaster it's called the strike fire. Um, you you could like if it. I mean, it does hold four darts on it. 
but the fire strike is a single shot with a ring pullback. It's it's similar to the nerf uh, night finder. Uh, I am going to share a link, fat eBay link. Maybe it's called the crossfire. Um, yeah, that is the strike fire, also known as the crossfire. They have different names for it in different places. But yeah, no, you were you're one. I'm actually really impressed. You knew what that blaster was called. Most people in this hobby don't even know what that blaster is called. So well done. I, it is like the number one when somebody takes a picture, like, what blaster is this? I don't know what it's called. That's the blaster. It's usually always the strike fire, crossfire. And this thing, this thing's a, it was a nice little, it's a nice little blaster. They're uh, awesome. It's my, one of my favorites. My daughter has taken it over and <laughs> I, I'm probably going to see about getting quite a few. Cause to me, I know you and uh, Coop are real big on the jolt. I like this. <laughs> to me, if I'm gonna have a sidearm pistol, this is it. This is the one that I like. That's uh, it's not much different than a jolt, to be perfectly honest. The jolt is the favorite like suicide blaster where you take yourself out with it. But I'm, I'm still gonna get a jolt though, because I, I I got I feel like as a someone who's coming into the hobby, I, I I can't call myself a true hobbyist until I own a jolt. It's it's not no hyperbole. It's probably my favorite blaster that Hasbro has ever made. It was the blaster. I remember buying the Jolt. It was probably the fifth or sixth blaster I bought when I got back into Nerf. I had a couple when I was a kid, but as an adult, there was a toy store that I used to go into to buy Magic the Gathering cards all the time before I went to work. And they had the Jolt, and I always looked at it, and I knew of the, the blaster called the Nerf Secret Strike which was a little pump-action air-powered thing that was not very good. I thought this was similar, because when you look at the picture of a jolt, you can't tell it's a springer. It looks like it has a little air pump. You pump it up and you fire a dart right, out of it. Right. And for whatever reason, my brain back then told me air power was dumb. Turns out that's not the case. But I remember <laughs> buying the jolt and firing it across this toy store and being amazed. It was more powerful than the Nerf M-Strike Recon, the Nerf Maverick, the yeah. Nerf Deploy. It was more powerful than all of those while being this little tiny handheld pistol. And maybe now it's not as impressive, but I absolutely love the Jolt. If you want to get something that's more practical than the Jolt that hits some good ranges and it still has a small form factor, the Zuru Micro, Hits yeah. like 85 FPS out of the box and is actually slightly smaller than a Jolt. I again, you know, since we we have gotten stuff from Zuru, I really love the Zuru product, and we'll get into Zuru here shortly. Uh, we'll stay on Nerf for for a little bit more. Um, now I know, oh, what is it? Uh, I have a Captain America pistol it's from the. Uh, it's a it's a single shot. Came with two two elite micro dogs. shot. It's not the micro shot. Ooh. I want the micro shot because the micro shot looks like a mini version of the one that I have. I want to say it's from the Marvel Marvel Avengers assemble line. Yeah, gear assemble. I think I know. I don't believe I have one, but now that you mention it, yeah, there is one of those as well. That's kind of an area that I don't think I ever bought a product in, to be perfectly honest. That kind of goes for a lot of the Marvel and just their tie-ins in general. They're, they're ages six and up instead of ages eight and up, so they're definitely toned down and very pared down compared to actual Nerf products. Um, it's it's a shame, really. I Honestly, uh, it's funny because Hasbro has so many different intellectual properties that they pull from. So Derek has this huge collection of Transformers behind him on screen, and Nerf has done several Transformer blasters. Uh, two that are still a holy grail that I do need to pick up are from, I think, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con 2000. 2007 they are nerf and strike barricades that have 
hydro dipping of like comic panels for, uh, that feature Busby and Optimus Prime. And really? they can be really expensive to get. I saw one recently on that Mercari app or whatever that was a mm. uh, sealed, like, inbox example of the Busby or the, 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 not Busby, oh my God, the trans, Bumblebee, thank you. <laughs> the Bumblebee Transformer <laughs> that it's, 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 it's got, it's awesome. San Diego Comic Con Transformer Nerf. And you'll see what I'm talking about. They're beautiful. They are some of the most beautiful blasters Hasbro has ever put out. But since they're kind of old and they were only sold at Comic-Con, they are kind of expensive. Uh, this one was mm-hmm. 85 bucks, which was actually a deal. Typically, I see them go for like 150 200 and that's a bit much for me. Wow. Now, now Derek's wow. going to go on eBay and search Transformers. Uh, there's Earth. also the Optimus Prime Energon blaster that literally, it's basically a maverick that when you pull the trigger makes like quotes from Optimus Prime from, I believe Transformers Armada, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just, they, they have cool. so many, so many different uh, intellectual properties that they can pull from. I'm amazed they don't do more like higher end products. Uh, I think the only one really they've done that with is Star Wars, like the Deluxe yeah. tra- uh, Stormtrooper Blaster. Yeah. That was like $100 when that came out. Uh, I picked it up. We picked it up at Ollie's Discount Army or Ollie's Discount Store. For forty bucks, nicely done. And uh, yeah, I, I've been joking. I've been wanting to get it for a while. And uh, my wife goes, "You can find it on eBay for under forty bucks. You get it." <laughs> and never found it. Then uh, I thought, well, it was just lost cause. I'll I'll just save money. Eventually get it. And then uh, right around Christmas, it's like boom, forty bucks. <laughs> Have you seen the prices recently? No, that's a pretty pricey meatball. Now they're going for 150, 120 all over the place. Yet loose. They go for about 80. Yet they're still sold on Hasbro's website for a hundred bucks or for 99.99. Do they really? I know they usually have like a price listed there, but typically they don't sell it themselves. I wish they would sell more exclusive nerve products on their freaking Hasbro pulse website. They really don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I put in the chat uh, the this price, the Captain America uh, assembler that I have. Yeah, I, I actually do not remember that existing at all. And oh, such a great grip. It looks really good. And I'm kind of mad you showed and, this to me because I'm going to have to hunt one down. And, um, mm-hmm. and this is what the micro looks like. It's based yeah. on this. And I want the micro go with it. That's another. The, the micro might actually cost you more than what this thing costs I know. right now. Because to me, having this and having the micro would be like Ahsoka Tano having her double sabers, the long saber and the short saber. <laughs> yep. Um, so what outside of the jolt, um, and I'm going to see if I have my Captain America one over here as you're answering this question. What has been, now again, just sticking with Nerf. What has been your favorite Nerf blaster, let's say, within this last year under the pandemic? Well, thankfully, I did actually a a tier list. It's about an hour-long video. Um, On a stream, we took about two and a half hours, and objectively, with my streaming community of about 150, 200 people, we went through every single release from Nerf in 2020 that wasn't a micro shot or like a direct reshell of a blaster from the previous year. And at the top of that list was 
the Nerf rival Saturn, which was the absolute pinnacle, in my opinion, of blasters from 2020. Reasoning is that it's big, which is a big shotgun is actually not something you get in Nerf very much. It used rival, which fits the shotgun aesthetic, although it only shoots one ball unless you double pump it, and it held 11 rounds. But it had slam fire. It was the first time we had a Nerf rival shotgun with slam fire built into it, and it is impossible to not hand that to virtually anybody of any age and them not to have fun, just like like a World War One trench gun, yeah. like a Winchester, and just rattle off shots with it. It is a comfortable, cool-looking, and it was a priced at like $40, and it came with a target that was like, a, when you shot it, it would flip around and everything like that on the ground. Um, it was a pretty good deal, in my opinion, and it was just super fun. And if you wanted to modify it, there were modification options for it, to make it hit a little bit harder. That was the Nerf Rival Saturn. My second choice was actually one of the blasters from the new Ultra line that most people don't like. But the Nerf Ultra 2 is a rear-loading flywheel revolver from Hasbro. Revolvers, you know, uh, flywheel revolvers aren't new. That's something that we've had with, like, the barricade in the past. But this one you could rear-load almost, it wasn't break action, but kind of like a real Schofield revolver or something like a Webley. You could rear load this thing so it was really quick to load up on the fly. And since it was this revolver package, it was really cool. And that was, it was a really nice, it was used new, uh, Tech, like technology that I haven't seen Nerf use, the way the pusher and everything worked in that blaster. And the best part was, of course, modifying it with 3D printed parts to take it from ultra to elite style darts, which upped the capacity to like nine or 10 shots and made it deadly accurate. So if you wanted to have something like a hand cannon from the game Destiny, you could actually turn the Ultra 2 into something like that, make it hit oh, wow. super hard, be super accurate with those Adventure Force waffles and so much fun. That was probably the best blaster, probably better than the Saturn, in my opinion, but I ranked it slightly behind the Saturn because it requires modification to really hit its true potential. But it's, it's amazing for like 25 or 20 bucks. Like even the stock one shooting Nerf Ultra is super fun. So <laughs> you can't really not win with that. Well, I'm going to say as we're on air, because I found my assembler. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking at a smaller, right? Sorry. Yeah, this are like I said, meant for kids' hands. Like legitimately, age of six and up, I believe. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a decent sized hand and I I like the I like the grip. Um looking at Walmart's website, they have two left at twenty nine twenty four and it's sold by a third party. Yeah, and it's it's probably that might be a pretty generous offer. Usually, with all toys, like when they typically go off shelves, um, they do tend to crawl up in price. And Nerf blasters in general don't seem to have a very long shelf life anymore. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, my family did not spend this much on it. It was probably a fifteen dollar blaster when it came out. My my wife and daughter have the Captain Marvel one, where it's the wrist sits on top of your wrist, and it's got the like the, the power moves. Uh, or it might be assembler. I mean, they make so many. It, off of it, that. it is an it is a, an assembler. Because um, they have the the Captain Marvel power moves as well, which was a line they put out last year that featured blasters that you did some kind of motion to fire instead of just pressing a button or pulling a trigger, and they were really interesting. Uh, I think unanimously the favorite from that line was Thor's hammer. 
The priming mechanism was the pommel on the hammer itself. The dart was located in the head of the hammer, and you swung it like a hammer to fire the dart out after you've primed it. And it was a stupidly cool blaster for what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so the Captain Marvel one I put in the chat, uh, both my yep. wife and daughter have it because they're Captain Marvel fans. Um, so I'm going to attempt, and you can help me with terminology if I need to, we will do live on air. I will do a review on this blaster. Okay. So um, it's been a it's been a couple of years since this was out. Uh, it's tied in with uh, Endgame because um, I know if you got the other blasters in this uh, from the Marvel Nerf assembler line gear line, you could put them all together and make one humongous mega weapon, which looked awkward as all get out. But the Captain Marvel blaster, it's a single shot, um, comes with the scope on a rail that you could take off, maybe. There we go. Slides off. Does have a bottom rail, which I have put on a long strike bipod, just so I can have it for table shots. You can also put a light on the bottom, which I may see about equipping onto it. Uh, Springer, because it's pullback. It's a Springer. Yes. Yes. Woohoo! Getting terms right. Uh, two fingers pull back, uh, pull the trigger. Now, yeah, my trigger looks like the one there. I, I'm sitting there thinking, my trigger does not look like the one on the crossfire because I'm not looking at a crossfire. Uh, the grip is really great. It's a nice enclosed grip. Uh, proper is there a specific term for this type of handle i mean grip? no matter what we say somebody's gonna say we're wrong uh grip guard enclosed grip that's usually what i use okay. i'm a big fan of that grip. by the way uh i mean i have a pretty good size hand now index finger fence on the trigger just fine the trigger does barely come into the top third of my middle finger uh which is fine too because i can pull this with just my middle finger and not use my index finger at all. Um, to quote Coop, no in-strike attachment involved. Oh, well, those rails are in-strike attachable, although the muzzle is not. Yeah. Yeah. The rails um, are in-strike rails, I th- though. I think this does connect to, I don't know, maybe this does have a attachment. Piece. I'm trying to look at pictures to get a better idea of what I'm looking at here. Oh, I don't know if that Oh, you. it does have uh, that. That may actually, I don't think it would be compatible with most Nerf accessories because they'd have to fit in that, between that inner and outer, that inner lug nut and that outer ring. But that does look to be an end strike muzzle attachment point. I'm wrong. Um, But no, I really, I really like this blaster. Um, Definitely would recommend it. Uh, I would say to Walcom, if you're willing to spend that 30 bucks, since it is free delivery, now I'm rounding (laughs) up. You talked about it, you were impressed. (laughs) I would say go get it. It's something that, so I, I don't know if you've seen, I actually have made a strive in the past, I'd say, you know, this past 2020. Um, I actually did buy one of the largest Nerf collections that was known as Yes, yes. And I now literally have a, a 14 by 20 foot tall storage unit that is full of literally thousands of blasters, not counting the collection that I already had sitting in my garage. I I have, I may even have this exact blaster to be perfectly honest. My plan is to eventually go through and catalog and take pictures of every single blaster and work towards having a complete collection. But I haven't gone through every box yet. I barely know what I bought. I I am jealous of one of the finds that came out of that. And that was your stormtrooper blaster. 
the Star Wars Stormtrooper <laughs> Blaster still mint in box. And I'm going to take a quick break right here so we can get this message from our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to deeply connect with someone the way Vision does with Scarlet Witch? Or be the stand-up guy like Cyclops is for Jean Grey? Well, you don't have to be fused to an Infinity Stone or be the leader of a superhero team to have the kind of relationships in life we all long for. Mark Went is a men's wisdom coach, and after people work with him, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com. That's M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T coaching.com. I'll be watching you. And we're back. We talked about the uh, Stormtrooper Deluxe uh, Nerf Blaster. Deluxe one of the Elite, and that's sitting above the shelf on all of my videos. All the inbox stuff that I acquired from that went on the shelf behind me. Yeah. And there's and since then, I've actually added to it, which is the worst thing. Uh, it has cost me a lot of money. Uh, but I bought, uh, for instance, uh, somebody on Facebook had a Red Strike Nerf Elite Vulcan, which the Red Strike series was only sold for one day back over uh, Black Friday back in like 2008 and only at Walmart. So Red Strike Nerf Blasters, there was the Recon, the Vulcan and the Longshot. Those are extremely expensive blasters for the most part. The Vulcan itself is usually anywhere from about 80 to 100 dollars in the Red Strike line complete. Although if you have better conditions and people who are willing, you can sell it for much more. Right. The long shot from that line commands a high price. Not only do they very seldom pop up on eBay, but when they do, they generally want to be about 250 to $300 for an incomplete one. But I had, there was somebody who was selling an inbox complete Red Strike Vulcan, which I have on the shelf behind wow. me. I've bought, there's been vintage blasters like the, oh my God, you had to have seen this commercial at some point in your life, but the Nerf Pulsator from back in like 2002, 2003. Yeah. Pulsator, 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 Pulsator. It was a commercial that is firmly ingrained in your mind if you were a kid in like the 90s and, you know, early 2000s. Um, I found an inbox version, like completely sealed version of that uh, for 60 bucks. Like it's more expensive than you'd pay for a Pulsator, but this was like a mint condition example and my most recent purchase is probably the most expensive purchase i have made on a single inbox blaster and i felt really really dirty doing it but there was a <laughs> brand new essentially still it's it's opened but new inbox 1995 nerf slash kenner crossbow the 1995 oh. kenner crossbow is legendary wow. blaster in this hobby because it was the strongest nerf blaster for modification because of its huge plunger tube and great ergonomics it was a workhorse for years until we got the nerf long shot about 2005 2006 but people still love the crossbow and i had two of them one that was just a shell that i purchased myself off ebay another one was given to me a couple of years ago from a friend this was a pristine box Everything, including the stickers and the instruction sheets and the nerf points and everything were still in there perfectly for like $350. And it was a make it offer, buy it now. And I thought about making an offer because I bet I could have gotten it for cheaper. But at the same time, that was about the price I would put one at. So I paid it because I don't know how many people are going to have that kind of blaster. It's, it's so important to this hobby of blaster modification. And I have one 
complete in-the-box, brand new, essentially. Wow. Even the examples I had previously, both of them are missing the crossbow bow arms, which aren't necessary to the function of the blaster, but look cool. That's why it's called a crossbow. And I have looked for the crossbow arms because I don't want to do a video on the blaster without having a complete blaster. I cannot find those arms. I have offered bounties of $50, $60 for just the plastic crossbow arms and have not been able to get any bites whatsoever. Wow. So I've actually added to that collection you see behind me. The the Nerf uh, Guardian of the Galaxy Star Wars Star-Lord blaster is a cool, really cool looking yeah, blaster. Yeah. I don't have one out of the box mm. even because when Guardians of the Galaxy, that blaster was only around for a couple of months and Guardian of the Galaxy got really popular and people wanted to buy that up to paint it to use for cosplay. And that's a death knell for a blaster that doesn't have a big production run. Those blasters used to go for two three hundred dollars by themselves now guardians of the galaxy is a little less popular now it's been a while since they've done a movie it didn't really have that much footage of it used in like endgame or anything like that so it's gone down in price considerably i found a brand new in box option for like 40 bucks and bought it oh wow Mm. which it's one of those things where it's like i can't it's hard to justify the purchases that i've made but as a content creator i have some leeway to do stuff like that because i can make a video about it and since i'm on this mission to collect as many nerf products as i can especially in boxed examples usually hopefully they're opened so i can i can open them and still have everything but be able to actually demonstrate the function of the blaster but just trying to get this collection going since i have all of these new blasters i picked up over the summer it's it's spiraling out of control pretty fast <laughs> according to nerf wiki well we're all, go ahead we're all collectors we've all been there we, we've all been in the same oh, yeah. situation oh yeah various you know Oh, I don't even like want to think about Transformers, man. Me, too many of those. Oh, God, I don't even want to think about it. Those things are expensive, <laughs> even new right now. Yeah. Uh, according to yeah. Nerf Wiki. Yeah, they are. This blaster, which they also made a Captain America assembler gear that was the shield, which yep. had two different paint schemes. 2018 was one paint scheme. 2019 was a different. This blaster Ooh. is from 2019. Um, according to Nerf Wiki, uh Two tactical rails, one above, one below, and is compatible with barrel extensions. Yes, although I, I would be curious to see what ones actually fit on there, because there's going to be several, like the eponymous recon barrel, the long strike barrel, and so forth, which I don't think would actually fit in there to latch on. Right. Um, but it does not say what the FPS is on this. I'm going to guess it's probably 40. Yeah, I would assume it's going to be very similar to that 40, 50 FPS mark. That's generally what, like, the Nerf Power moves, the the Marvel series blasters, most of the Star Wars blasters in general, they tone them down considerably because they're meant for a younger audience. Right. Now, um, would I recommend it? Of course I do. It's a a great blaster, great feel. Uh, I would keep this as a sidearm along with a crossfire. Uh, Double double holster, have the two, great to go. With the micro to go on the other side and a jolt, sidearm heaven right there. And then, you can okay. literally attach your crossfire or strike fire to that pistol, to that Star Wars, or uh, the Captain America one. The crossfire has a reverse rail on the top of it, so you can actually right. undermount it on that and have the double pistol. I might have to look into that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, carry around the two crushers. I would look like a total moron on any battlefield of, yep, that's a noob. <laughs> that's the first. fun of the hobby, though. 
Dude, I, I know people at wars that have tagged people out with literal bananas, like fruit. They have tagged people out with actual fruit. Like, in, it, it really depends on what's going on, but it, the blaster does not make the player. That is 100% true. See, but I would hopefully keep in my backpack as a surprise the orbit. <laughs> so, just saying. Um, so, for a stock war, that's perfect. But when you get into the hobby, uh, like our local wars that we do around here, our FPS cap is usually around 150. So the orbit will technically hit about 90 to 100 FPS, and that's with, uh, obviously, with rival rounds. We actually play at 150, which is some pretty decently modified flywheel blasters, pretty modified. Usually, if you are on a budget, to get 150, you would need to buy something like like a meteor that has, like, those are meant to shoot those big balls, and you can tone them down in single shot, like put a barrel on the front of them for normal nerf darts. And typically those will hit really good velocities because the massive plunger tube is meant for these different rounds that are, they require more energy to fire compared to a foam dart. So if you're new and you need like 150 FPS, typically you would buy a single shot pistol, drop a different spring in it that you got from like Ace Hardware or Home Depot or something like that. But many of us, you know, we have 3D printed blasters because 3D printed blasters are definitely the way forward for our hobby. Just about anything can be done with 3D printing. And the people who are making stuff out of 3D printing right now are incredibly talented. And it makes you wonder what the heck Hasbro's been doing. <laughs> but it's not hard to get a 3D printed blaster or something that hits 150, 200, even 300 FPS where you can put a foam dart through literal drywall. Since you, you mentioned... To. Um, 3D printer or 3D printed. You had one that had three different. It was almost like a. a you, you called it once that you called it like a jolt, but it had two more attachments that were almost like rails. But each rail was its own gun alone, on stacked on top. All 3D printed, and a lot of people were thinking I was joking with that video, and I. I, it was one of those things where I did it for a joke and then I was sitting at my computer editing the video and I'd pick it up and like play around with it. I'm like, wow, this thing's actually like really good. And then I sat there and like, okay, let's, let's say I was in a war, like our 150 FPS wars. Well, this thing would actually be really good for that because all three of these blasters will hit that mark with a variety of different types of ammo and using like a single shot pistol that hits hard is totally viable for a nerf war. That's what, if you go into the 250, 300 FPS wars, which there are some, not many, most people are using like those crossbows modified to hack and back or modifying like standard pistols and doing things like they use like a turkey baster plunger tubes and stuff like that to make custom internals for the blaster that will fling a foam dart 200 feet plus and be accurate. That is a thing. And they do it out of homemade stuff and hardware store materials and everything like that. But that blaster alone was the main body was the breaking wind from sea yard nerf, which is a genius little, it's basically a jolt that's huge, but it has a chamber on it that you can open up by pulling the trigger. The main trigger will actually eject a shell and you can use 3D printed shells that will fire anything that fits in that shell. So basically any type of ammunition from Nerf, there is a shell made for that ammunition. And this shell is actually used in a couple of different 3D printed blasters, which is what makes that blaster so incredibly cool. 
cool because it's pocket-sized versions of much larger systems that use the same type of shell. And then on top of that was a thing called the Mistress Key, which was a single-shot rail-mounted Picatinny rail mounted mega dart shooter and then on top of that was the proud papa from out of darts which has a variety of barrels that just snap onto it that again can fire every type of ammunition from nerf that you can think of and even other companies like boomco was a big thing a couple of years ago that i personally was a big fan of that's the company i was thinking of was boomco because my daughter has a needler yes and that's a kick-ass Boomco was so good. It's a shame that they died, but their ammunition, like from a modded sim, not only were Boomco blasters typically very easy to mod, but they hit stupidly hard with little effort, and the darts were far more durable and accurate than any foam dart you could get on the market. They were astounding. Your daughter would probably love what is my favorite pistol, which is the the uh, Ever After High Snow Shot, I believe is what it's called. It's a baby, uh, baby pink with white pearly accents and translucent blue pieces that look like uh, uh, like basically snow ice kind of stuff on it that shot Boomco darts. But you could make that thing hit like 140 FPS, which for Boomco was like equivalent to like 180 of Nerf. And it's 100%. It's, it's super accurate. She'd be, asking me, she'd be asking me to go get some purple spray paint and spray paint it. She's not a big <laughs> pink person. Ah, oh, pink's my favorite color. <laughs> um, the uh, she's also she's got one other Halo pistol. It's the um, I want to say it's like the tealish steel green uh, marine pistol. The M6. Yeah, it's a single shot oh, with yep. the pull down. Yep. And, but it looks like it can hold two darts. Um, she has that one as well. Uh, outside of Nerf um, and the three D printed, what are some of your favorite blasters? that you personally uh, um, just absolutely love or, or even favorite companies? Right now, I'm, I'm a big fan of what Dark Zone has been doing. I already kind of gushed about the Villainator. I think the Villainator, like everybody who's even remotely interested in foam darts whatsoever, 20 bucks will probably get you the most fun you've had with a foam dart shooter in a very long time. And I'm not paid to say that. It's that good, and you can find it at your at Walmart, and it's such a good – like, the 40 darts alone is worth it, but then you got detachable cylinders and this really buttery smooth slam fire. Sure, it doesn't hit super hard, but it still hits harder than stock nerf, which is what makes it such an attractive package. Plus, it looks like a Thompson. Like, you, you really can't not love that aesthetic. They really – even the grip – is if you looked at it compared to a Thompson SMG, the grip is almost identical. Like, they clearly modeled it after an actual Thompson. That is, bar none, one of my favorites. But, of course, they also have their Pro line, which is an incredible thing this company has been doing because for a long time, our hobby has used what's known as short darts, half darts, and we've even called them Steffens because originally they were made from foam backer rod, cut down to about half the size of a standard Nerf dart with custom like hot glue heads and stuff on them because the foam of a Nerf dart actually makes it less accurate for the most part. So when you cut down that foam, the darts still work 
and they're more they're better the weight distribution is better they're more aerodynamic so people have been using these short darts for a while and we had third party companies such as worker who is an overseas manufacturer of aftermarket parts for other blasters and even their own creations that have been producing short darts for the last couple of years but what dart zone has done in the adventure force line is put half darts on store shelves which is such a big deal for our hobby because not only is there short darts that i can easily get from walmart but they're actually better than most other short darts that we've had previously and they've made blasters that can use these darts that again you could find on a store shelf at Walmart. And these are the blasters that I wish I could get into the hands of people who do like airsoft and paintball, because for 50 bucks, you can get a pump action magazine fed Springer called the Nexus Pro, again, sold under the Adventure Force line at Walmart. This sucker will shoot your standard Nerf Elite darts, but it comes with magazines for both short darts and full length darts and it comes with darts for both as well but those short darts will hit 160 fps stock and be wow. pin, i would say pinpoint accurate for a foam dart but you can hit somebody reliably at 100 feet with it like no problem and again it's magazine fed pump action with a stock that is capable of using m4 buffer tube stocks it's full of picatinny rail you can take the priming grip off there's another picatinny rail if you want to put on airsoft or real steel accessories for 50 dollars at walmart that is game changing for our hobby because that made something that was previously unaccessible for most people without paying quite a bit of money to make a pump action magazine fed springer that hits that mark accessible to literally anybody in the U.S. that wanted one. Now, again, Adventure Force really only is at Walmart in the U.S. Other countries, you know, they have different toy laws than what we have here, but it fundamentally made our hobby immediately just multitudes more accessible to people. So if you've never actually fired a high-powered foam dart, this is the way to get into it. And if you don't want to spend the $50, they have a $25 pistol called the Aeon Pro, which while it is compatible again with both full length and half length darts, and you could use Nerf magazines with it. This one only comes with a half dart magazine and half darts, but for $25 again, it's a pistol very similar to the Nerf retaliator that will hit 150, 160 FPS and be just as powerful. The downsides to this is that these are, these are blasters that really should not be in the hands of kids because a stock Nerf dart can take out a kid's eye. This will probably completely destroy an eye if you get hit in the eye with it. And it's on the same shelf as a Nerf dart. Which say, is, you might you might not know. Darzone just put out their pro line to Target and, and Walmart. Yes. Yeah, they have they have a different set. They have the Dart Zone Pro, which was sold. That was, this is the first blaster they made, actually. The Dart Zone Pro was a kind of like a Kickstarter pre-order thing of a thousand blasters. They basically put it out there to see if if we would if they could sell that kind of product. And it was a 160, 170 FPS stock blaster for about $180. And what happened was people were excited for it because it was a big company paying attention to us, but that blaster was while it was competitive to a degree with other existing products, it wasn't very competitive. They took basically the same exact system, revamped it, cut down some features that honestly didn't make that, that you don't need and put it into this Nexus Pro and sold that at Walmart for $50. And it's just as good 
actually, I would call the Nexus Pro better than the Dart Zone Pro in almost every way besides build quality. The Nexus Pro is built like a tank, or the, the Dart Zone Pro is built like a tank. But they also made, on target, the Dart Zone Pro Mark II. So the Mark I, or the 1.1 as they sell it now, was the original. The Mark II was released back in fall of 2020, and it's a pistol that hits about 130 to 150 FPS with an wow. internal mag. It is a small, it is one of the smallest compact blasters and has an internal six round magazine that hits that hard but it has the profile of like a high point like an actual firearm and it's brought a lot of contention to the hobby Mm. about hopefully keeping everybody safe by not having people use those kind of blasters in public and that is something that the community still has never fully agreed on like what's the right way to go but in the grand scheme of things everybody wants everybody to be safe and also have fun so um what Dart Zone has, a, I think it's a very unique in the foam world. Um, friend of ours has it. Their kid has it. Uh, I remember seeing the actual contraption on a show on, uh, I think it was on Discovery Channel. It was by a guy who showed off different weaponry. Um, it's Dart Zone's corner shot, which uh, is based yes. on an actual... Yeah. Um, it, the corner, the actual corner shot. You put a pistol in yep. to, and, and there's a firing mechanism that will pull the actual trigger within the front half of it. Um, but you have to put a a pistol in the front half. Unlike what they did with with the corner shot from Dart Zone, but this thing's a cool little thing to get. Get it's to use basically it in black a- magic. We don't really know how, like, obviously we can take it apart and look at it, but it's magical how that thing works. Yeah. It's for a foam gun it, or foam blaster. That thing is amazing. I actually um, do agree. There was another blaster they released called the Dart Zone Spectrum, which a lot of people really like. I, the corner fire is similar, but it has that rotation mechanism. I think the corner fire is an amazing blaster. Again, for like 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you know if the uh, the belts that Dart Zone makes, will those fit in the X-Shots? Or are they not compatible? No, they are, they not, are compatible. not compatible. In fact, the belt that is used in the X-Shot Crusher is a new design. Okay. Uh, main reason for that is most of the belts that Dart Zone uses are typically made for uh, flywheel blasters. So the chains themselves don't really do a good job of building up pressure. That being said, they do have a belt blaster called the Dart Zone Belt Blaster, I believe is what it's literally called. That is a springer that uses belts. I don't have one. I don't think I've ever actually got my hands on one to check h- how well that thing fires. I, the, maybe the, dart, the belts are different. I'm not quite sure from the typical Dart Zone belts. Uh, that's something I have to expand on because usually like all the dart zone belts are compatible with each other, but this okay. one, the belt blaster itself, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Something about having a minigun looking nerf blaster. That's awesome. Yeah. Except, no, ev- everybody loves their miniguns. I just would say, don't do the, uh, don't do the tight, uh, the nerf Titan. Yeah. That was that one was... of the first ones I got where it literally, it was sent to me by Hasbro and didn't work out of the box. Wow. And that was a hundred dollar blaster, but the, the, the magazine, the 50 round drum, which most people were buying the Titan for just that 50 round drum. Cause that's usable in other nerf blasters. 
and myself included, I just wanted the 50 round drum, which was something that they should have released a long time ago, is actually supposed to come with the Nerf Stampede. There are Nerf Stampedes from back in 2009 that had ECS 50, and when they were first revealed, they were supposed to have a 50 round drum. Somewhere along the line, that drum was scrapped, and Nerf produced the Stampede ECS 50 with just a couple of magazines. And the ECS-50 moniker is actually extremely rare. I do have one. Most Stampedes just say Stampede ECS, though they wiped the 50 off the mold. They produced the blaster the same way, sold it with magazines. That drum never came out. With the Titan, that drum was finally realized. And to get one and do a video and have it not work at all was incredibly frustrating and disappointing. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that was another one where it's like, typically when it comes to Nerf and high dollar product, they're usually actually not that good, believe it or not. I I, I, can, I can see that. Um, they had like the, the Centurion, which was a big sniper rifle in the Mega line. This first Mega Blaster, absolute garbage. The Nerf Cam ECS, that was a dart blaster with a camera on it. So you could record your Nerf battles from a first-person perspective. Absolute garbage. The camera was like 240p at like 20 FPS. You, it was unusable. Um, wow. And that was like $150. Most high-dollar Nerf products are terrible. Wow. Where where do you potentially see the future in, in foam blasters? Um, is Nerf going to lose its its stronghold on the market uh, and who, who do you foresee potentially coming up and taking its place and still, and still keeping their price points. So to be perfectly realistic, Nerf is not going anywhere much like Swiffer or Xerox. Nerf is the blanket term for any kind of foam dart shooter for the most part. It really is going to stay that way for a while, but from a hobbyist perspective, Nerf has definitely lost most of our kind of, interest but that being said i think as a community of foam dart enthusiasts we've just grown out of nerf and we in the main scheme of things it doesn't really matter how good dart zone you know zuru busby adventure force whatever they're never going to really hold a candle to nerf's market share i i they can they can definitely put a dent in it and hasbro is feeling the squeeze they actually put out a really interesting article on i believe forbes a week or two ago where they were talking about how they have seen a dip in their market share and they're working on bringing it back but also in the same article they said something along the lines of when you the people will pay higher values this is nerf's own like spokesperson saying people will pay the higher value for nerf because of the quality you expect nerf to work when you pick one up and you just laugh it loud at that when you think of like the nerf elite 2.0 the alpha strike line and the way they've been slowly cannibalizing their stuff to squeeze a few more pennies, which when you sell millions of dollars of foam dart blasters, maybe that's just a requirement. You can't get the springs. It takes too long to put them in blasters. Why not just mold a single trigger with a loose spring on it, that like a plastic spring that will work for a little while and make kids happy. But in the grand scheme of things, from like a community standpoint, a lot of us just don't really see that much of a future for Nerf. However, Nerf recently has fired back with their reveal of Nerf Hyper, which is something that as a community we've seen leaked back in last year, about I would say about this time last year. And it took them this long due to, you know, the pandemic and everything to fully realize itself. And I'm always for new ammo types. I don't think the foam dart 
is the vessel of the future for this hobby, although we are based around it in almost every single way. When it comes to being a solid projectile, foam darts have a lot of problems. So Hyper is actually, from the looks of it, again, nobody outside Hasbro, as far as I know, has gotten their hands on the ammo or any of the blasters. The articles then just had stock images supplied by Hasbro. They don't do a good job explaining it, but the, the, the rounds themselves, I don't think, are even made out of foam. I think they're basically like gel balls, but a slightly denser, more rubbery, more pliable material. So think reusable gel ball. I'm not 100% on that. It's just speculation at this point in time, but it looks to be like a reusable gel ball material, which means it's, it's basically going to kill Rival off dead in its tracks because think Rival, but smaller and hitting, like you can have they, their first blaster is like a $30 pistol that holds 40 rounds. Wow. <laughs> So that's going to change a lot of things, even if it can't be modified. And they're saying it's going to hit 110 FPS, but like a pistol that holds 40 rounds is far above and beyond what you can do with any kind of foam dart or rival round. So Nerf may still have a good fighting chance with this ammunition. And if this ammunition is good enough that it can still stay, if it's accurate at stock performance and it can be flung out of a barrel with higher velocity and still be good, this could fundamentally kill off the foam dart for a good portion of people in our hobby. Because while sure, you may be able to hit 200 FPS and have an accurate foam dart, it doesn't really matter when you can have 150 FPS of a stable hyper round, but you have a thousand rounds in the same space that somebody would have a single 12 round magazine or something like that with a foam dart in this compact package, basically turning our hobby into more of an airsoft alternative, which I also think is a good move from Hasbro because paintball and airsoft are huge. And they definitely, there are, while you can't really can like make the people who are using it for diehard military simulation like this kind of stuff or want to field it, there's a good portion of people that would just want to have fun or want an analog for like their kids. Like maybe they don't want to take their nine year old or 10 year old kid to an airsoft park, but they can shoot them with Riot Hyper or make games based around Nerf Hyper or even have whole entire businesses based around Nerf Hyper. That is a airsoft alternative that while you can feel the rounds, they don't hurt. They don't pierce like airsoft will. And that could be very big for Hasbro. Could be all speculation. If you followed anything with Nerf Ultra, Ultra has been essentially a dumpster fire with nothing but millions of dollars of marketing lies behind it to get in the hands of people. They literally, Hasbro literally paid to have false Amazon, this is all speculation, but you can look it up, false Amazon reviews put out because Hyper, they said pinpoint accuracy, high performance, all the stuff. It doesn't do anything. It's worse than Nerf Ultra in every single way. And it's like 50 cents a dart. It is ridiculously expensive and it's terrible. It's absolutely abhorrent that Hasbro even put out this product. And here we are like 12 or 10 blasters in, we still don't see what Hyper or what Ultra was supposed to do. So people are pretty tepid on if Hyper is going to reach any of its performance claims. Now, I, I got to ask as well, uh, before we part ways for the night, this has been great, great fun. Thank um, you. The, the, the rival curve shots, are, I know you got a hold of some. Are they actually worth it? 
It's a difficult proposition because something that did happen that is also that ties into like what Hasbro has been doing wrong in many of our eyes was that the Nerf Rifle Curve has some of the same problems that like Elite 2.0 and Alpha Strike had. Elite in general, starting with the Nerf Elite Finisher, or Nerf Rival, Nerf Rival Finisher, excuse me, they started using plastic springs, which aren't that good, and cheapening out on what they're doing. And yes, from a standpoint, Rival Curve doesn't really look like a compelling product. They look kind of cool and they do have a gimmick that in my testing does work, but it's really, you can kind of do the same thing with a stock rival blaster for the most part. And this is something that 3D printers have also been using for some time, having an adjustable hop up. But saying that from what I've tested with curve, rival curve, is that it actually does work better than simply tilting a rival blaster or simply using any of the existing twistable hop-ups. The gimmick works, and what I didn't see any other reviewer touch on with the curve line was the downwards curve. You can basically, like a cruise missile, spike a rival round. You can aim it up at the air at, I'd say, a good 45-degree angle, and that round will violently fling itself forward and spike into the ground, probably a good 50 or 60 feet in front of you, which is not something that you can really do with any other existing product, to my knowledge. And it works surprisingly well. It actually, it's more accurate because the round isn't curving off in a random direction it's curving down straight into the ground if you aim the if you again if you angle it up if you fire it straight it's just going to curve into the ground in front of you but if you angle the blaster up and spike it again like a cruise missile it works really good and it's also stupidly fun is it worth the exorbitant price tag that they're charging that's really debatable the rival flex is pretty cheap and will do the same thing it's like a 15 dollar blaster but it's still, like, I would say that that is fun. And that's the only reason, though. That, like, the, while you can curve rounds left and right, that's totally cool. The downward spike is what I think is actually what makes Rival Curve exciting. Is the Rival Curve practical outside of the, the cruise missile strike? In my opinion, kind of, not really. The reason why the cruise missile effect would be good is because in some kind of competitive nerf scenario, you have basically chest-high cover. Think of paintball. But in paintball, you can't curve around and have it rain down on somebody very easily anyway from reliably from a distance. And in my testing, if you wanted to go watch my rival curve, I wouldn't say the flex. It was actually the side swipe that I demonstrated this on. It works extremely well. I do want to practice it in once I have friends over while restrictions are lifting and everything like that to have somebody behind cover and try to hit them with it. But that could be used and could be stupidly effective when you have people using 250 FPS blasters. They're behind cover. If you can spike around on top of them while they're behind cover and tag them out from a distance, that will fundamentally change the way that we do competitive nerf right now. And there are leagues of competitive nerf with cash prizes. The most recent one was at the event called End War. They had the Foam Pro Tour, and it had a $5,000 cash prize. And that paid for the airfare to get to End War. End War has like a 1,000 people that showed up that year, probably more, of all nerf enthusiasts to play you know, foam, it was basically HVZ, the humans versus zombies on a very large scale, a custom tailored, almost simulation game. And they also, you know, on the next day, they have other events and the foam pro tour competitive nerf was part of that with a $5,000 cash prize. And 
this is something that could potentially change the way that works. I'm not saying it will, but like you could have one person with one of these blasters sit behind cover and nail people from behind cover when they can't themselves be hit unless somebody else had one of these curved side, like these curved blasters. And that is exciting to me, but I haven't fully explored this and see how viable it is. That is a video I have planned for the future, the near future. With like end wars and some of these others, do you just ahead of time just buy a bunch of ammo knowing I'm not going to ever see this again? I'm just going to get it to to throw it away, essentially. Some people will mark their ammo. Um, Many of these places, uh, they'll have ammo buckets that, you know, other people will go around, pick up darts, put it in a bucket and put it in one place where if you marked your ammo, you can technically get it. Obviously, honor system is very important for something like that. As a as a content creator, I almost never fire the same foam dart twice. Uh, I go through, you were talking about, I bought two 200 packs of waffle darts. I go through that in a weekend, to be perfectly honest. I, I use a lot of foam darts. I need fresh darts for testing. And I need fresh darts for doing all sorts of things. And if the dart is worn in any description, it lowers the actual performance that somebody would expect out of their fresh new blaster. Although obviously testing worn darts is important as well. These kind of events, uh, for somebody like me personally, you can't even go to the local Walmart near the event because it's fresh out of Nerf everything. Every single time I've been doing an event like this, they are completely out of stock of Nerf product, pretty much. You would have to either take ammo with you or arrange to have it shipped to uh, the location or your hotel or something like that, which is what I did. For example, during End War, we had a couple thousand darts shipped to the hotel, which we then used all of them. And whatever we didn't use, we donated and then we, we, you know, we picked up darts and just like, yeah, they can have it. Anybody who wants these darts can have it. We don't care. And most of the time what will happen for that is they'll, they'll take the darts and they'll save them and use them as a community bin for the next event. Um, most big clubs uh, out there, you have to like the darts are the biggest entry point for a lot of people. Not everybody can afford that many darts. So while you may not get super fresh darts, there's usually a community bin full right. of darts. And that's actually where a wide variety, a wide margin of my darts go to is to a local community bin for other people to use because I'm not going to use them. If I'm going to go to an event right now, I will grab fresh darts or I will buy darts on my way there and use those because I don't want to have my blaster jam and I'm, I got the money. I guess I do this pretty seriously. So I guess I'll just donate all of my darts and that's what I do. (laughs) Yeah. I know for us, I mean, we get the darts, we recycle them all the time. Uh, I know we have bought the various relabelings of the elite darts for my daughter, be it the uh, Nerf rival when Ollie's would have the different, um, not rival, uh, Ravel. Rebel. Yeah, the Rebel. Maybe. Yeah, because the darts were like pink, black, yeah, that's Rebel. purple, the green. But you know, to get you know the large pack of that for you know from Ollie's for six bucks. Yeah, awful. Um, I mean, the kids use them, and you know some of them. You know, like my daughter's friend. You know, brought some white ones after three three firings. Her darts were just. Folding in half, I was like, take a handful of these and take them home. That's why I bought the bot, the, the containers, so you can have them. Yeah, but they're but the white ones go with my gun. These will grow <laughs> in your gun. Just use these. Don't throw those others away. Um, 
but it's just I'm an arms dealer for the neighborhood, so I know what you mean. <laughs> so I mean, we we just recycle, but I'm now at that stage as as these others are failing. I'll just keep you know as we can spend that ten fifteen bucks, get the buckets of of the waffle tips, and just keep holding on to that. Yep. Hopefully with like hyper, it looks to be like a, a like a very durable, reusable round. If it's what I think I, it is. Um, we haven't even seen video footage of Hyper yet. Um, hopefully that's kind of the future because like with Boomco, which we brought up previously, that was Mattel's right. competition to Hasbro with Nerf. Boomco had a rubbery straw body with a rubber head that was very soft and malleable that didn't impart a lot of kinetic energy when you hit somebody with it, but you could step on a Boomco dart and it did not care at all. And this like foam darts don't do that. Rival art is pretty durable, all things considered. And so is ultra to be perfectly fair to ultra. Uh, Cause those are not, that's like more of a, a rubbery styrofoam instead of right, the, right. the weird foam that North uses, whatever they want to call it. Um, so there definitely is room for improvement. That's why I kind of say that like, I'm not married to the idea of foam darts per se, because I buy literally hundreds of them a month, thousands a year. If I go to an event, I won't go to an event with less than like 1500, 2000 darts. Wow. So if I, and that's why I wouldn't use like short darts at like an event like end war, because it's like it would cost so much money and I'd lose all of it. <laughs> now, I, I think if next time I do see them at Target, I would consider as well buying uh, a ma- the, the 100 round refills from X-Shot as well. I do like their dart, uh, even though yes. they're a little shorter uh, and it's a little bit more of a. I want to say a mushroom type tip, I, which could cause some problems in some blasters, but it's a really nice start. I agree. Uh, I almost want to do what the, with the extra every, every seventh round, put a waffle tip as a tracer. That is actually something that the competitive community, uh, mostly through HVZ has been doing for a decade and a half. Now that that's, it's oh. a really good strategy unless your opponent is paying attention because <laughs> then they know when you're running low. <laughs> um, hmm. What what blasters? Well, actually, Derek, at this point in time, we've talked a lot. You have any questions now? Mm. Besides trying to figure out how you're going to get your Transformer Nerf darts or Nerf guns? <laughs> uh, not really, no. Man, I hope you looked those things up because they're freaking beautiful. I love the Comic-Con Transformer, the Bumblebee and Optimus Prime barricades. I need to get them, but I won't settle for anything less than brand new in box right now for them. <laughs> I, I'm looking at myself because I'm curious. Oh, God, they're so pretty. They are there. The, I don't know why Hasbro hasn't done more blasters like that. They look so freaking good. Could you imagine like an, a, a rival, like a Avenger style blaster with like comic book panels for like hydro dipping it's so freaking good like that's what bothers me about hasbro is like they've already done something cool like this in the past why don't they do more cool stuff like this i i don't get the thought process but then again i'm not one of the largest toy manufacturers on the face of the planet so what the heck do i know see i I would love to get the han solo nerf blaster i have there's actually three versions of that one take the shell off and hydro dip that one in a the Marvel comic cover, not the, not the strip, but the, the different covers. Sort of totally like the, doable. That fabric, but find the hydro dip and dip that. 
totally doable. That's not even that hard to honestly obtain. The the DL44 Nerf Blasters is actually three versions. There's the original one, there's the light-up version, and then they had the, I believe it's the Tobias Beckett that had like a barrel and a stock that yeah. attached to it, um, which is a super cool blaster. Um, there's there is a couple of versions of that. They should be a relatively easy blaster to obtain. And yeah, hydro dipping, you could probably find a place nearby that will do it. If you don't want to try to do it yourself, you do need some practice to do it yourself. Yeah. But you can get custom printed hydro dip film. Um, I have a blaster that's covered in uh, art from Common Rider because uh, I'm a big Common Rider fan. Cool. I, I have another one that's covered in anime girls, too. But we, we don't talk about that one. Uh, Derek, as I search Transformer Nerf. There are 79 results on eBay, and the first one is Transformers Optimus Prime Cyber Blaster 2011 Nerf Dart Gun Robot for 15 bucks or best offer. Yeah, that's the that's the Energon Blaster I was talking about. It's a really it makes Optimus Prime quotes when you fire it. And there, right below that, there's the San Diego Comic Con 2011. That's the Optimus Prime version, and just below that is the oh yeah, I forgot about the actual Optimus Prime truck that converted itself into a Nerf blaster as well. So and yeah, the Starscream, the Starscream, those shoot those shoot bigger darts. They're not Mega, and they're not Nerf Elite. They're actually old school Mega sized. Which, if you're not getting it with the darts, you're not going to find the darts, unfortunately. Um, so those those transforming blasters are a little hard to use. But yeah, there's as far as I know. Oh, there's Transformers Nitro. I didn't. I completely forgot Nitro. Those were literally foam cars. They made Nerf guns that shoot foam freaking cars. And yes, people have weaponized this. Uh, 2003 Optimus Prime Transformers Nerf Dart Blaster Gun. Oh my god, I've never, I've never seen that. That's the, that's the original like Energon weird blaster. I get them confused. Um, I've never seen the blue and the red one like that. I almost think I might have to buy that personally because I might, well, unless uh, Derek here wants to get it, I'll, I'll, I'll let it to him because I'll probably come across one sooner or later. But yeah, I've never seen the flame decal Optimus Prime one of that. I've, I think there's a uh, an, uh, an Iron Man version of that blaster as well, if I'm not mistaken. Possibly. Um, that, that shell has been around for a while, but yeah, wow. But, but the, the Energizer one, uh, seems to be a good number of them. They seem to be in pretty decent shape. Yeah. I do have a couple of them. I don't have them here, unfortunately. I, I put them in storage because I'm not going to use them all that often personally. But, yeah, they they sh- they shoot what you'd expect. They're, they're okay performance. They're about what you'd expect from, like, uh, the Captain America pistol that you had earlier. But it makes it lights up, and it makes Optimus Prime quotes. I did a video on it a long time ago, so it's not a great video. But I, I, I dubbed over the Optimus Prime quotes with Liberty Prime quotes from Fallout. <laughs> be a good sidearm for your for your crusher there derek as your as it's you a get five or six shot revolver i believe it's yeah. a cool blaster so um where where do you see the future i mean the community itself we we've adapted a lot into 3d printers and there are especially since like gel ball was banned in china and it might even look like that airsoft may be banned in canada Um, There's actually a lot of new aftermarket Nerf blasters from entirely new companies that are popping up all over the place now. And our future for like aftermarket high velocity and even something that may just be a stock Nerf uh, competitor is actually incredibly interesting to think about right now. Um, In terms of like high velocity stuff, I actually have in my possession 
Unfortunately, I don't have one sitting here, but I have a new blaster that is not released yet. I, I might have one of the only samples in this country, and that is the Milsig M79, and it is essentially a Nerf AR-15 that actually uses compressed air like what you'd find on a paintball gun or an airsoft marker, or like airsoft gun paintball marker, excuse me. And it is ridiculous because it's made out of aluminum and it's nice and heavy, super solid, feels great in the hand. It actually wow. has a charging handle that works, uses the short dart magazines that we use all over in the hobby and fires nerf darts so freaking hard you wouldn't even know where to begin. Uh, that is, it's one of the strongest hitting blasters I have in my possession right now. It will, it will just blow holes through cardboard, uh, like foam, none other. 400 FPS is, I think, what it capped out at, which is, it will welt. Oh, now, foam darts at that velocity will really welt on bare skin. Wow. Where can people find you online? The they all, can find the all me important at, question. Uh, at youtube.com forward slash Walcom S7. That's W-A-L-C-O-M S7. They can also just go to Walcom S7.com. It will also take them there. Awesome. Uh, final thoughts, Derek? Uh, it was, uh, it was, it's interesting to see just how the world, this world goes and how much excitement you have for it. It's a rad hobby, especially if you're a creative type. I'm honestly not much of a player myself. I love building. And that's something that is really intrinsic to this hobby is just building, even if it's not practical, just having fun and the huge variety of builds you see in this hobby is just, that's the fun for me. I love going to events and seeing what other people have built, taking some of their ideas and expanding upon them for my own projects. And I'll spend 100, 200 hours on single projects that could be as simple as me just taking the grip from one Nerf blaster, putting it on another one, making it work, taking epoxy putty, like working on a car, like doing body work on a car and spending hours and hours and hours sanding and sculpting and making it look as close to an official product that I can. That's the fun for me. Again, I would akin it to like building a model car, except for you customized it and instead of just putting it on a shelf and admiring it, you get to take it out to an event, you know, a local park with some friends or whatever, and have some fun or in the backyard even, and fling foam and everything that it accomplishes, whether it breaks or it does really well, or you see parts where you can expand upon it, or maybe you could take the same idea into your next project. Like, there's really not a whole lot like it, and it makes me really excited. Awesome. I know for me, it, ever since, you know, getting, you know, what we got from, from Zuru, uh, one, my new goal is I want to be part of their X shot league. I think that'd be really <laughs> cool. Uh, would love to know how to do that, but, um, I wish I had pointers. They actually just emailed me. <laughs> um, but I, I think for me, I don't know if, I want to get into creating the YouTube videos as well as a non-pro, uh, more of a, you know, the Nerf, you know, beginner or, or greenhorn or the foam dart greenhorn of, I'm not a pro, I'm a hobbyist, low, low end hobbyist, but just really love flinging foam with my daughter. And, you know, this is our experiences. Uh, Cause I think when we did our reviews of the X shots, it was my daughter who did it. And, and she tackled the, the orbit, the meteor, 
uh, the Crusher and the Turbo Fire all in one video and just have fun with it. Um, and even had the with the Crusher when she went to fire, um, when she cocked it back out, it fired a second round. I'm like, well, okay, you pulled it just enough. Apparently, you had enough energy for it to just send off a misfire. Um, <laughs> which I'm like, that could potentially work to my advantage in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an interesting world watching. Um, I mean, it's just like with any other fandom, you, you, you've got some crazies out there when you see the videos like, oh, my Lord, they do exist. <laughs> and I'm sure you see a lot of that at End Wars. Um, but it's not a I bad thing. a guy thing. was dressed like a plane with multiple blasters located on the wings that he controlled via a mouthpiece. I've seen just about everything. <laughs> I, I think I think in I don't know if it was your video or in I think it was your video of the end wars 2019 um i think i saw one guy who had on him i think i counted something like 15 um 12 round mags minimum minimum 12 round mags he has at least 15 on one hip i'm like this is insane. And yet here I am thinking I need to get a shoulder pouch just to load up with rival rounds for my orbits, you know, for, for my, for my chaos blasters. HVZ is an entirely different game. You gotta have, if you're not a fast runner, you gotta have the ammo. Cause when you shoot a zombie, you stun them. So you, and we're talking, if it's a thousand player game. So let's say, say you start with 900 humans, and they have to do missions, and it doesn't take very long for there to be 500, 600 zombies that have multiple large squads that are flanking and picking off lone humans and stuff like that and turning them into zombies. It gets out of hand really quick, so you got to make sure you have the ammo. That's why HVZ is always incredible. Everybody has a different strategy for HVZ, and you can be the most prepared player in the world, have the best blaster, the best darts, the best magazines, and get the first be the first person who gets tagged out. It happens. I will have to see if there's a Nerf War type events here in the Orlando, Florida area. Might be. I know there are groups in Florida. There, It's actually a pretty big scene for Nerf, and especially like just up in Georgia as well. Um, right now, maybe not because of the current situation, but in the very near future when stuff starts opening up, you betcha. There's definitely groups around there. I know. Of, I don't know the exact places because I am not – I don't live in Florida. I live in Washington, so basically the exact opposite of you. But I, I have several friends who live in Florida and okay. Nerf regularly, if not more than I do. The best place to find that is Facebook groups. That is your ultimate resource. And also the Nerf subreddit is a pretty decent place as well okay. um, to ask questions, get into the hobby, find a game. And ah, you can literally take your daughter with you to games and play. Normally they have a pretty reasonable FPS cap because most games expect there to be younger kids accompanied by parents. And I've never been to a game when somebody goes hard to tag out a kid, like hitting them with a more powerful blaster close range and stuff like that. I've never seen that happen personally, but I've never been to that area. But I would assume that it should be a rather enjoyable experience for the both of you. Um, I highly recommend it once things open up. I can see my daughter if, based on the wars we've had, because we, we've had you know at her friend's house, Guns of different FPSs, and we have no cap. Um, and I have seen her get hit hard in the in the arm or whatnot, where it 
it hurt her, started to tear up some, but very quickly went right back after the person who shot her and either dropped her pistol to tackle the person to the ground <laughs> or kept going, firing at, back at them. So I, I could see her be warned person. If you try to hit her close range with, with something that you shouldn't have, you, you may have to worry about me, but you're going to have to worry about her too. In the games we've had up here, because we have usually groups of upwards of, you know, it can be up to 100 people in the local park. Um, we've never, ever had an issue. It's it's all ages, all fun. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for joining us. This was a blast. Uh, gave us a new, new, uh, new outlook into into that world. And uh, definitely we'll, we'll be in touch. And hopefully you get your, your Captain America blaster. I highly I will, recommend it. <laughs> I will have, if I don't track one down, I'll ask some people. I'll pick one up definitely off Walmart. And I want to thank you again for having me here because I absolutely love spreading this hobby that most people don't even know exists. And it is very real and it is very, very fun, especially as an alternative to the airsoft and paintball thing, especially for creative types. I cannot recommend this hobby enough and it's good exercise hey that's yeah. also a thing hey i i got weight i need to lose <laughs> um on that note we're gonna ask just one last question want to know more so um the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. You know how Peter Parker doesn't always know how to tell Mary Jane how he really feels? Or how Tony Stark seems to have everything but not the deep emotional connection his complex soul craves? Well, you don't have to be a superhero or a wealthy industrialist to experience the kind of rich relationships and life we all long for. I'm Mark Wen, and I'm a men's wisdom coach. After people work with me, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com, M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T, coaching.com. What is the Soul Forge podcast? Join Sean and his guests as they talk about sex, geekiness, witchcraft, Star Trek, awkward dates, poetry, life, the universe, and everything else. Interviews have included writers, atheists, a rap star from Australia, a reality TV star, and a sex goddess from San Diego. If you have a story to share or just want to listen to one, check out the Soul Forge podcast. The Soul Forge. Let's find out together. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.